It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. He's Anthony Pusick. How are you, sir? A lot going on, Donnie. Lots a lot going on. You know, I, I, I rewind to Monday, and I'm, I'm working the Ranger game, and then the news comes down about Cutter Gauthier. And, all right, it's a trade. All right, it's, it's Flyers make a trade with the Ducks. I, I think Jamie Drysdale is going to be a really nice fit for Philadelphia. Good young blue liner. If he could stay healthy, Anthony, that's going to be a nice addition for the Flyers. Plus, they get a second-round pick. Now, oh, yeah. They give up a, a highly touted prospect, fifth overall pick in 2022, had a great World Juniors in, in Cutter Gauthier. And to give you the background, he apparently, according to Daniel Briere and Keith Jones, he was all in on being a flyer. And then something changed over the last few months, and he didn't want to sign with him. And I think the Flyers did what they had to do. I'm not going to try to force you to sign. I'm not going to beg you to play for my team. You know what? Play for me, fine. So we'll see how it ends up working out in Anaheim. And if he ends up becoming, you know, the next uh, Johnny Hockey or you know a superstar player, Austin Matthews, whatever, then I guess they'll regret it. But you know, right now they feel like they're a win now team. They're in third place in the Metropolitan Division. Good for them. And I thought this was great, Anthony. John Tortorella was asked about it after their loss to Pittsburgh on Monday about uh, you know what he knows about Cutter Gauthier, and, and here was John Tortorella's classic response. First part of Kevin's question, Danny said that Cutter didn't want to play here in Philadelphia and didn't want to play for the Flyers. What's your reaction to that? Then we don't want you. I believe you've met Cutter Gauthier before. Were you surprised that he... I don't know Cutter from a hole in a wall, you know, and I'm not too interested in talking about him. I'd rather talk about Jamie. He's the guy that's coming here. That's right. <laughs> What'd you expect? <laughs> You got to love him. You know, of course. He, he's no BS, and I just think you got to really respect it. And, and I agree. I mean, it, I, I go back as a fan, Anthony, to after the Devils won the Cup in 95. Uh, Claude Lemieux started playing the game of, well, my contract extension doesn't count because I signed it on a fax and I want to renegotiate. And Lula's like, all right, we're going to trade you. It ended up being a three way deal with the Nordiques. And uh, which then turned out to be the Colorado Avalanche. And he went to the Avalanche. Wendell Clark went to the Islanders. It was a whole big thing. And I had the opinion then, if, if you don't want to play for us, then we're going to let you go. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to sit there and twist your arm. And I, and I think that uh, that's the only way an organization should be able to handle it. No, I get it, Don. And look, um, actually, this is pretty funny. Uh, BR Open Ice uh, put out an old video. Actually, I know the person that, uh, that did it, Kaylee Allard, who's a rising star on the digital side with the Golden Knights um, in her second year working with them. She asked Cutter at the draft that she was working, um, who was your favorite player growing up? And he said Sidney Crosby. So there was clearly some, and listen, if you have the opportunity to make it to the league, uh, I don't. I don't think it matters who you play for. <laughs> I think it does. In my opinion, I mean, if I was ever talented enough to play in the National Hockey League, and the Islanders or the Devils drafted me, uh, you know, I think you'd have to swallow your pride and be and, and go play. Um, now, granted, we've seen guys like Adam Fox uh, think differently about that, um, and now apparently Cutter Gauthier is another one. Um, 
the trade itself was shocking. The responses from Danny Briere and Keith Jones and John Tortorella were um, interesting. And then we also have uh, the Flyers, I guess you call them pre and post, or, you know, I guess their hosts or whoever it was right. that had crazy rumors involving Kevin Hayes getting to Gautier saying to not come there. Kevin Hayes has some very strong words for them. Mm about his involvement or non lack of involvement in the decision of for Gautier to decide that he wanted out of uh, Philly. Um, it's just a crazy story. And I, I love the soap opera that has become the National Hockey well, League. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, because I guess the quote was, this has got Kevin Hayes written all over it. And, and I guess there's this feeling that Kevin didn't like his time in Philadelphia, didn't like the city, didn't like the fans. And of course... Then Kevin comes back and says it's complete BS, and apparently he was getting death threats when people thought that he actually didn't like Philadelphia. I don't know if he liked it or didn't like it. That um, won't change his opinion. No, nah, so I, I don't. I don't know where this came from. Um, it, again, we're living this year. We just throw out whatever you want to throw out there. I guess people are entitled to their opinion, but you know this has Kevin Hayes written all over it. Why? Well, give me some. Yeah, I examples. don't. I don't know. You know, that so, sounds like somebody with an axe to grinder that right, didn't like and, Kevin you know, as well. And listen, I, I enjoyed when Kevin was a Ranger. I never had any issues with him. He didn't seem like he was controversial, but like I just felt bad for Kevin. I know it's all social media, and you should be able to just wipe your ass with it. But you know, getting death threats, Strong. talking about his, you know, his brother who passed away. I mean, come on, really. Well, it kind of feeds into the whole narrative of why you may not like Philadelphia. Right, I mean, like, if anything, and look, way. Kevin's defended himself, but it's also, yeah. if he didn't like him, it's kind of proving his point as to why. You know, um, it's just, it's they stupid. are a crazy fan base, we know. But this is, uh, you know, Philadelphia handled it just fine, and I just thought it was interesting, and then Kevin Hayes gets thrown into the mix, and, and I just thought it was a really interesting kind of place to start that, uh, listen, players have a tremendous amount of power now, and, and listen, Cutter did what... Uh, I guess, you know, Eli Manning did in a certain way. Eric Lindros did. I guess he didn't want to be a Adam player Fox. anymore. And now he's out. Yeah, listen, Adam Fox, uh, you know, Jimmy VC. I mean, there's yeah. plenty of examples of guys that were drafted and didn't want to play there. Fine. You know, so at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal. Um, I'm not going to kill Cutter. I don't know what his reasons were. We have to you put know. we have to put Flyers Ducks on national television. Yeah, now it just becomes like a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of with uh, Cock and Yemi with uh, Montreal and Carolina. Like, you, all of a sudden, you create these rivalries that never existed before. But by the way, double A batteries, like, what are we doing? Like, why are we, why are we, you cannot like the guy. You could boo him as much as you want. Are you really going to threaten to throw socks with double A batteries at the kid? Like, well, what, what are we doing? I would listen, it's, it's going to be very awkward uh, when he plays his first game in the National Hockey League in Philadelphia. I can tell you that. They, they still boo Jimmy VC in Nashville. Like, it, it, it's crazy. I, I've done, I did a game in Nashville last year. I didn't do the game this year, but I'm sure, I, I'm sure they booed him this year in Nashville. Yeah, Fox is booting Carolina and, Mon- Carolina and Montreal for Fox, right? Right, and they, still, uh, yeah, and they still boo him. But yep. you know, but but VC's played for how many different teams? Like, like eight. They he'd be get a, over. He's it a great now. puck doku guy. Yes, I mean, God, he's just bouncing around all everywhere, and you think he'd get over it, but. Uh, well, that's the passion of hockey fans, and as long as they're not throwing double-A batteries and socks on the ice, I guess you can do whatever you want to do. Um, the Canucks, they just come into the tri-state area, <laughs> slap around the Devils, Rangers, and Islanders. You know, seeing this team now twice live, um, they they are, they are really, really good, Anthony. I mean, Listen, best off- I've, how many times have I said it, Don? Best offensive team in hockey. Well, and it's not just... And Demko's you know, unbelievable. That's the difference, right? I mean, because they haven't had goaltending in a long time. Demko showed you flashes last year, got hurt. Um, 
And I don't know whether it's you know Rick Tockett, although I think Bruce Boudreau was fine there. I'm a, I'm a fan of Bruce. Um, but Tockett is certainly got that team going. Demko is playing out of his mind, and it looks like it's pretty legit. And, you know, you see the kind of goals. they Like that Pedersen goal, getting around Igor, poking into the empty net. Even Hoaglander's backhand was just sick. So, you know, so three, it's now three in the top 11 scores. Yep. Pedersen, Miller, and uh, Quinn, uh, Quinn Hughes. Whoever didn't bet JT Miller anytime goal scorer against the Rangers just wasted, right. wasted, wasted not getting money. Uh, absolutely, and and I didn't, I didn't see this coming. I always thought he was a nice player, and now he's become an absolute star. And we didn't even bring up Brock Besser, who's got twenty five goals, right? So he's not even in the conversation of the guys that are the top league in scoring points wise. But he's got twenty five goals. You know how good he can be, and. I was talking about with Dave Maloney. So you look at Vancouver, and I don't want to freak out. Rangers have two wins against Boston. You know, the Rangers haven't withered in front of good teams this year. But you look at the the loss to Florida. You look at the loss to Dallas. The way they lost to Vancouver, they they're not as deep as those teams, you know. And and when the game is consistently and mostly five on five, the Rangers are very ordinary. Let's face it. You know, go back to this playoff series against New Jersey. The difference was they got tons of power play opportunities in the first two games in Jersey, crushed the Devils. The rest of the series was pretty much five on five, and the Devils ended up winning four of the next five games and won the series. Uh, They've got to figure this out five on five, Anthony, and they've got to get a little bit more production out of out of pretty much every line except the 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 Trocheck line. Well, Trocheck, Panarin, and Lafreniere are really do. That's the top line. If you're going to go by who gives you the best chance to score, how is that not your best line? No, it is. It's been that way for a while. And Don, look, I put you were shocked when I put them fourth last Friday in the top five. Yeah, Uh, they're eight, seven, and one in the last sixteen. We've kind of seen this coming. Um, When's the last time you heard Eric? Gustafson's name. Remember when he was when I said he was the Kevin Klein of the gener of of this Rangers generation. Like he had his flash for two weeks, and I'm not saying he's playing bad, but his offensive numbers right. have gone down. The fourth line, Jimmy Vc's great. He's got half of his goals in his career are game winners. But are you going to really rely on him on a in- game in and game out basis? And by the way, because they sent Brendan Othman down, and you talked about it on the K show yesterday. I didn't think, and I know he was playing well, but you even said it, Don. I didn't think he was necessarily ready, and that's not his fault, but there's a lot of injuries down in Hartford. They called up Jake LeCision now, yeah, because guess is, what? If Jake LeCision's development does gets hampered, who cares? All due respect yeah, I mean, to Jake that, LeCision. That's not a top but he's, player. That's not a future player. But he's been an Bobby. NHL player before, so he's well, played third and fourth line They minutes. need Kako to come back, yes. or they're going to have to make a right, and, and I think they're going to have to trade for a defenseman, because you're right. You, you know, I The one thing I will disagree with you, you do hear Gustafson's name. When he's coughing the puck up, right? Well, yeah. yes, I meant, <laughs> so I meant for, a, for a good. Let's play for a good. By the way, the Gustafson Schneider pair. I can name three bad goals it, that's been no, given up by that, that pair. Listen, alone. that's your third pairing. I get it, but you know they're going to get significant. They're going to get fifteen plus minutes of ice time, and that's a significant amount of time. I mean, they're nice players. I like them offensively, especially Schneider, but. Um, it, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to sure that up, and, and they can't afford an injury. I can't throw Zach Jones into a playoff game. You and, know, I, I don't, what's what's the what Ben Harper's situation? Like, yeah. they're gonna have to go out and get a defenseman. Easier said than done, but they're gonna. I think they're gonna have to make a deal, Anthony. Yeah, they. I think I think you're right, and I think you know what? Also, Fox has come back from his injury, done, but he's not the player at 100. Was he one that goal he, in 22 games? Whatever. It and is. it's not even that. Just uh, the turn. I, I, the thing that's driving me nuts is, and you're at these games, Don. The turnovers. 
the unforced oh. defensive zone turnovers, the cross ice passes to nobody. Well, it the, doesn't make any sense. This is not the team, and, and Truba said it in his post game. This is not how they played in November when they were crushing everybody. They were they were smart with the puck, even if they weren't the best team. But you said it. The only line that scores five on five consistently is that Trocheck line. It, as Kreider and Zabanjad are putting up their points, they're mostly on the power play. I like what I saw in practice today. Will Cooley is getting some run on that top line. He has certainly earned it. He's played consistent. He's good defensively. He makes smart plays. Pairing them together is fine. And guess what? Until Kako comes back, if you have to roll with those two lines, go crazy. Because even, and I like Whoa. Nick Bonino, but that third line with Nick Bonino as the center, it's just not as deep if the Hedo and Kako were healthy. It's just not. No, and so there's an issue there. Even though when you look, they're in first place. They got a ton of points, 54 points among the best teams in the NHL in the standings. But you have a broader look, a broader scope when you're talking about the Rangers. When you start bringing in, are they a cup contender? And are they going to have another early exit in the postseason? That's what you worry about. Like, everything's fine over 82 games. You play a lot of garbage teams. You play a lot of teams that are in the second of back-to-backs, whatever, where you can kind of get healthy on those teams. And, you know, still, they've only lost back-to-back games twice. And, and even in the, the the latest back-to-back, they still earned a point in Montreal. And Montreal's a continue, uh, an indication there, too. They coughed up the puck a lot. And Montreal's not a great team, but they got a ton of skill. And they've got guys that can make you pay. And uh, at least they I, fought. I mean, they fought back. Third no, period, because they, they, they are a good team, Anthony. That's the thing is that that they, they, they have heart. They they fight. They have skill. But you're right. You know, start cue cue of the music. Sweet Georgia Brown. Sometimes do you think that it, it's it's some kind of skills competition with these blind passes up the middle? How many times they just against Vancouver? They just could not exit the zone. You know, bad. You know, backhand flares at the puck by Truba and Miller, and and Vancouver would hold it in at the zone. And and you know, the Rangers because. They're thinking offense all the time. These bad outlet passes that don't get out of the zone, half the team's already moving up the ice thinking offense, and it creates numbers the other way. And a, a team like Vancouver with Pedersen and Miller and Besser and Hughes, they'll, they'll make you pay. They're going to make you pay. So they got to clean that up. But Vancouver, or the original point, they're, they're legit. They, they seem legit to me. You don't come east and do that. Look, I'm more. You I, don't do that. I, and, and, and how many how many goals? Right, with five last night, six against six, the Rangers, you know, so five against that's the Devils, seventeen goals in three games. Yeah, no, but listen. I mean, look, the, look, you you don't you don't you feel bad because you think the Rangers are supposed to be able to compete with these types of teams. But the more concerning, the more frustrating game for me was the Montreal game because you lose a game to the Vancouver Canucks, and right now they're running over everybody. So you're like, all right, Vancouver's hot right now. That was what the Rangers were doing in November. But against the Montreal team, I know they're scrappy, but to go down 3 nothing to barely get a point, that was where the concern was. And it just carried over, and they played the same game against a better team, and look what happened. They lost big time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Winnipeg, they continue to roll. Oh, Beat up on the Blue God. Jackets, 5 nothing. So, um, uh, Hodge asked on Twitter, getting back to my conversation about that, Hello, that Twitter. we had a few years ago, uh, which Rick is going to win the Jack Adams Trophy for Coach of the Year? Is it going to be Tockett or Bonus? Um, that's that's the conversation now. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody else really in the running. Honestly, I, I don't. I mean, look, I, I think Laviolette has has a case if they if the Rangers turn it around. I say turn it around. They're still bad, but you know they're five four and one in the last ten. If they're if they're as consistently inconsistent as they've been over the last month and a half, I, I think it's got to be one of the two West guys. But right now, I'm still going to go with Tockett. I mean, I think Vancouver's doing amazing. They're almost unbeatable at home. Um, I like the Jets. I really do. I think that'd be a really fun uh, Western Conference final matchup if we get there, um, for sure. Uh, they're the two best teams in the West, I think. I know Colorado's right behind them, but I like what I've seen out of Winnipeg. I like Hellebuck, and I like what I've seen out of Vancouver. I like Demko. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the goalies that I feel more confident in. And as much as I love Georgiev, um, I just think Winnipeg and Vancouver have the better goaltending. The Devils uh, are on their hiatus right now. I guess you that buy. And, oh yeah, they still do that, huh? Well, they play not. They got nine games between like now and February sixth. It's, it's crazy. It's not a lot of so games. They're not playing again until a while. They could use there. it though. That's a good thing for them. Well, well, that was that was what I was going to say. They they don't play again until like next week. That, they play in Tampa on Thursday. But they haven't played in a while. Saturday was the last time they played. But you know, again, Hughes hurt and. You know, they said he's more week to week than month to month. I, I, I love him. He is a tremendously gifted, talented player, but th- he's just always hurt. Yeah, but their injury report looks like a CVS receipt right now, Don. It's ridiculous. I mean, half their team is hurt. No, everybody gets hurt. It's unbelievable. It's just one of those things. But uh, and that's what happens when you don't. And we and look, uh, the Devils were a young up and coming team last year. Uh, they beat the Rangers. And they had a chance against who did they lose to Carolina? Carolina. But when you don't seize that opportunity, you just never know what's well, going to happen the next year. Well, you're not sneaking up on people. I mean, that was the, the I, I remember when I was asked on the K show, you know, what team's closest to a championship, and I, I threw the Rangers over the Devils. I mean, I got hammered by Devil fans. You sure what did. You talking about? And I'm like, well, because they still haven't proven. They haven't been there. They haven't gotten the warts. They haven't got the scar tissue. And last year they went in. Nobody expected anything from them. And footloose and fancy free. They shocked the world until they got to a team that knows how to play in the postseason and kind of saw them coming in Carolina and took care of them in five games. But, you know, nobody took them seriously. And now they they go into this season that they're the team. And and, and not just here. I mean, I, I watch a lot of hockey night in Canada. I watch a lot of things happening around the country. And they get brought up all the time among the elite teams in the NHL. And I kept saying to myself, guys, can we, can we see more consistency than just one year where they got hot late and, and, and made a run to the second round and just anoint them as the team to beat? And now they don't surprise anybody. 
and everybody's ready for them. They're going through a ton of injuries. They don't defend well. Their goaltending isn't very good, and they're getting exposed. Now, I still think they could be a playoff team. Yeah, sure. I think sure. Fitzgerald will make a deal, and I still think this team's got an outstanding future. But pump the brakes, man. You've got to go through some adversity, and now they're now they're seeing that what what a, a, a true contender in the NHL looks like. Goalie, goalie, goalie. I didn't think that Akira Schmid was going to be the answer for them. He may, maybe down the road he could be a formidable backup, but at the present moment he's not what they needed. Um, I didn't like their goaltending last year, which is why it was so frustrating that the Rangers lost to them because I thought they did have the better goaltender. Um, that's what they need. And by the way, a couple of teams need that. So they're not going to be alone in looking for a goalie. Look at how the Kraken have turned themselves around. The reason not only that they've scored more, but Joey Decord's playing out of his mind. Connor Ingram is one of the sole reasons that the Arizona Coyotes are even sniffing a playoff spot. Because of how good he's been playing. Good win against the Bruins last night for them, by the way. Um, The Devils need a goaltender. And once they're healthy, yes, they'll be able to outscore teams. But right now, as it stands, if you're not going to have Hughes at 100%, he's sure out, a a, a multitude of guys in your top nine not playing, you're going to need better defense. You're going to need better goaltending. No Dougie Hamilton hurts them a ton. Got kids killing them. It's it's a ton. They need a goalie and a defenseman. Good luck. I That's mean, honestly, not easy. Good luck, and you got a lot of teams that need that—a goalie and a, and a and, you know, because we didn't get to bring up that the, the Copley's going to be out for the year in Los Angeles. So, I mean, they got two other goaltenders there that can handle it, but I don't know. You know, they were kind of in a three goalie rotation there in, in LA. So, um, there a lot of teams need a goaltender. A lot of teams need a defenseman. Um, Edmonton just continues to impress. It wasn't overly impressive beating a bedardless Chicago Blackhawk team two to one, but they they continue. Was it eight in a row now? And the thing that's scary about Edmonton is that they've got the last playoff spot and games in hand, unlike everybody. Maybe I mean, Knobloch gets some nods for Jack Adams. Hey, well, well, you know, you did, get votes. You did dig the hole yourself, so uh, you know, um, you know, you well, give him credit for getting out of it. Well, he but, didn't dig the hole. Well, the, it didn't. It, well, he dug, he dug some of it. I mean, they didn't turn it around right away. That's when fair. He that's took fair. Over. That's fair. That's fair. But um. But overall, four games in hand on Nashville, who's got the first wild card. Three games in hand on Seattle, who's just behind them. Two games ahead of Arizona. Two games uh, in hand on St. Louis. Uh, they are they're in great shape. The Kings are the only ones that played like thirty seven games. So even when you look at the um, the grand scope of all right, y'all, listen, they're not going to catch Vegas. Vegas is fifty one points. Well, wait a minute, they're eight points back with three games in hand. They could be only two points you back know, if they win those games. Yep, right. So uh, the Edmonton's looks like that they've righted their ship. McDavid only fifteen goals, but like a billion points. So um, they're in um, they're really really good shape. Really good shape. Skinner's been very good for them. It's a good story. Edmonton kid doing well. Um, good job there in Edmonton. I, I like a league that's got the best players playing for something. So it, it's good to have McDavid and Dreisaitl on a team that looks like they're destined to make the playoffs again. Well, look, they got two goals, right? And you ha- if you had to guess who they were from, who would they be from? McDavid that's and Dreisaitl. Right. So there you go. And now Bedard out six to eight weeks, broken jaw. That mm. stinks for Chicago. I mean, they weren't going anywhere, but, you know, they were a destination to watch because Bedard is so fun to watch, um, and that and that kind of, and that and that stinks for them. Uh, that stinks for their fans. Um, but yeah, Edmonton is fighting. They're packing a playoff spot, which I didn't think they would be because we've seen this team. We've seen this team. We've seen what this team does. Um, and even with McDavid and Drysital, it's very hard for them to turn it around just because of the hole they dug themselves in. But yeah, winning eight games in a row that'll do that. That'll help. Uh, and they have games in hand, like you said, Don. So they're they're in the mix now. They're in the mix. Seattle, Arizona. I don't even think necessarily you can count out the Blues. 
Um, they play the Rangers tomorrow. That'll be an interesting game. Me and you get to have some bonding time. Yes. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, it's 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 been pretty impressive what they've managed to do with how bad their season started, and we'll see where it goes from here. So Tommy P was nice enough to contribute on Twitter. What the world would look like if they went to the formula of a three-point regulation win, two-point overtime win, and just the point in an overtime loss. So basically putting more onus on wins than losses. Um, and what would that look like, Anthony? Right. I mean, listen, we listen. I appreciate that everybody is taking our ideas. <laughs> I appreciate that, uh, that it helps the binder because now we can print out this article and, and give it to Gary. Very important. All right, so you 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 have it there in front of you. So give me give me the standings, and and we'll compare it to what the standings are now with the three point formula. As it stands right now, the Boston Bruins would have seventy four points. Mm. The Florida Panthers would have seventy five points. Now this was done on January 9th, so I don't know if last night's games were factored in. No. So you know, bear with me if there's a three or two or one point difference here. Maple Leafs would have fifty nine points. As opposed to the forty nine, this is a pretty. This is pretty. This is pretty, pretty, pretty significant. Pretty, pretty stark. Yeah. How, about, how about this? The Rangers would have seventy five. The Hurricanes mm. would have sixty seven. The Devils would have sixty one. They only have forty four. So the Devils would be in third. The Devils would be in third. The Flyers and the Islanders would be behind them, tied with sixty. And the reason for that is because the you know the overtime. Yeah, I mean, listen, the the Islanders. Well, Philadelphia's lived in overtime this year. So have the Islanders, the Islanders are going to have to figure out yeah. how to how how many overtime losses you could have to make it to the playoffs this year. Uh, the Penguins would have fifty eight points. The Capitals would have fifty four. Sorry, fifty seven points. Fifty nine points for the Wings and Lightning. Fifty three for the Sabers. Forty seven for the Canadians. Forty four for the Blue Jackets. Thirty nine for the Senators. It'd be a lot more points. A lot, more, a lot more points, but the one thing is, you see, like New Jersey took a significant jump. Yep. So that was the, the most glaring thing. Everything else is kind of is kind of where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. It would be yeah, interesting it, way to do it, it. So you would just be obliterating like the history. Of, you you would have teams finish like oh well yeah the, like the most points in a season points. would be nothing. That yeah. wouldn't mean anything. Which I don't anymore. know. I, I don't. When we talk about the history of numbers, I don't think anybody can spit out you. You know, even how many points Boston had last year. No, but wins would still matter. I mean, if you're still doing an 82 game season, like wins would matter. Um, regulation wins, I guess, would still matter. Um, my overall feeling is is that again, uh, I go. To, you know, Anaheim comes into my building and I beat them in regulation. I get three points. But meanwhile, Anaheim goes to the Garden and beats the Rangers in overtime, and it's only two. I, I think what the Ducks accomplish would be a lot more impressive winning at the Garden than the De- than the Rangers winning at the Garden against the Ducks. Like so, I, that, so that's why I don't like the grading of the wins. Like losses, all right, you didn't win in regulation. I I get it. So you're going to have to, you know. But still, a win's a win. A loss is redefined, but. You know, you still want to show that I you earn something because we compromise the, the, the game when we get to overtime. We are playing three on three. You have a shootout. That's not the way the game is supposed to be played. So you allow yourself to have those sensibilities because you know that a point has already been earned. I don't think anybody would want to see a game decided where the loser gets zero points in three on three overtime or in the shootout. That would be very difficult to swallow. But you can live with it because a point's already been earned. 
Look. So I can live with redefining losses because they are different. Losses are different. Because if I lose in the shootout or overtime, it should be different than if I lose in regulation. But, you know, for a win, I think it's it, – I, I don't like redefining wins because it's, it's, it's different for everybody. We had a system. It was working great. I know. Just well, we, ties. This is the one thing. I know it's bad to disagree with your co to agree with your co-host, because I guess it makes for bad radio or podcasting. Well, we're just smart. But okay? I just, uh, again, no issues with ties. But we're just, we're, it's, it's me and you versus the ties. world, Don. We're just me and you versus the world, and that's fine. We can well. handle it. But I'm fine with ties. And if, if the the three on three overtime, I think is fun. If you want to go back to five on five for the five minutes to make it whatever and just make it ties, that that's fine. I don't care. The be, the biggest sport in the world uses ties, and they mean they managed to figure it out, and they don't score as much as the, in, in, as hockey. So right. I don't know. I you know I, I again. When 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 the Rangers lost in a shootout, I was annoyed that they lost the game. Period. I wasn't annoyed they lost in a shootout. It's a skills competition. Mikas Manager tried to do a Philip Forsberg on Montembeau. Okay, right. so it's fine. We don't need the shootout. It's fun, I guess. But I don't yes. think anybody's, you know, running to their TVs going, oh, well, the Oilers are in a shootout. I got to see what McDavid and Dryside will do. Maybe me and you do, but I don't know if the casual fan does. Let's throw in a couple of more um, tweets here. HC6 says about our conversation about the World Juniors and the lack of interest in the United States. He says, it's not that we don't care. It's just it's on the NHL network. And I get that. A lot of people don't get the NHL network. But still, it's not something that's in the psyche like it is in Canada. You know, I don't even know if ESPN even covered it on SportsCenter. Um, but I think with it being in Minnesota coming up in a couple of years, I thought there was a little bit more attention when the games were in Buffalo a few years ago. Um, because the the risk you do run for like, because I know uh, John Butchergrass was really pushing that the NH, the ESPN should get into the World Juniors game. Okay, I get that. And they were for a time back in the day. Yeah, it works out when the United States makes a run. But if it's going to be, you know, Czechoslovakia versus, uh, you know, um, Sweden in the final, and you don't have Canada or the U.S. involved in, in big runs, it's it's going to be a ratings disaster. So, um, yeah, it'd be all well and good if you got the United States making a run. And usually you got one of those two teams, but even Canada making a run. If the United States goes out, interest is really going to sag. So I don't know if any big network is going to jump in and, and maybe the NHL network and with the games being in the afternoon and the games happening during the holidays when it starts, I don't know if it ever is going to be as big as it is in other countries. Well, look, me and you are sick people and we have the pleasure of being able to watch sports for a living. Um, the games in Sweden, because it was in Sweden, we're on at 10 o'clock in the morning and noon and 2. Um if it's not on a weekend, that's tough. That's tough for anybody. It's hard to keep track of it. It's hard to be able to do it, whether you work from home or not. Um, sometimes, if you're watching a game, you might ask the same question in an interview, for example. Uh, right. Just an example I'm plucking out of my head. Yes. It, it's just, you know, it, but there's that. People don't know these kids. Look, I, I could say I'm the biggest hockey fan in the world. I know the Rangers draft picks because I know the Rangers draft picks. This is the first time I'm kind of knowing any of these well, kids unless they're in uh, playing an NCAA. Yeah, um, see that, a lot of them. So it's tough. It's like, tough. You, I listen to the NHL Network on SiriusXM, and, and I, I got to know a lot of those guys. You know, Mick Kern and and um, Lachlan, and they're, they're all Canadians, and they live and die hockey like we do. But the one difference is is that by loving hockey up in Canada, they're absorbed by what's happening in junior hockey. Like, those guys can tell you right off the top of their head when they're interviewing somebody 
what junior team they played for. You know, because it's it's part of their, their it's 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 there. Like in the communities they grew up in, there is a junior team that they follow along with an NHL team. You know, so so they know these players. Um, it's it kind of the kind of the same way that we know the college basketball and football players here in this country. It's kind of the same thing. Like well, the way we look at college basketball and football is the way they look at junior hockey up there. They have an intimate knowledge of it, so they see these players play. They they paid attention to the draft. They know who owns who and everything. So that's that that that's a difference. One last one here from John Michael because I think it's a legitimate question. What happened to the stick measurement challenges of the '80s? Did the NHL change the rules? Are the new sticks always compliant, or do coaches feel it's no longer worth the risk? I don't know the answer. To that. The rule still exists, but why we don't see challenges, I don't know. I don't know why. I can't remember the last time, Anthony, that a coach challenged the stick. Of course, the famous one was McSor- McSorley's stick in the 93 Stanley Cup final. Um, now it's going back 30 years ago. Yeah, look, I mean, I- I'm sure that Unfortunately, of course, the the, the the this when I put in you know NHL stick violation, the first thing that comes up is the uh, is the tape ban that's 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 been recently uh, instituted. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know why wh- the last time I've seen it. I think that I, I don't remember where I this could have been years ago at this point because COVID kind of just you know sped up everything for me. But uh, you know I think that they they complained about the curvature of a stick once. Or maybe the tape on the stick or the length of the stick, and a, and a coach can still challenge it. I just think that what's that story that uh, that we always hear from Lou Pinella and George Steinbrenner from Michael Don, oh, the, where he's like, "You got to stop this guy from doing that," and he goes, "I'm not going to do that. Why? Because we're doing it too." Well, so well here's 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 what I think. At least my suggestion for an answer is that security is just a lot tighter than it was most of most of what you find out is that like somebody snuck into a locker or there was an equipment guy that was able to get wind that a stick is illegal or he he's using two sticks or whatever and then a coach would like all right he's leaving his back pocket i know he's doing something and when we need it we'll use it that those days are over man there's like no way that anybody's going to be able to get access to your room, to your equipment. Things are heavily scrutinized now, more so than they were like 30 years ago. So um, you probably just don't know. And because it would be a penalty for delay a game if you're wrong. And plus, other guys got smart too, like where they'll use two sticks. So if they score, they'll dispose of the stick, grab another one. Like I just don't think it's worth it. But I think I, I think the rules definitely is still in place. But it was a good uh, nostalgic look back into a time that was um, pretty irritating for Los Angeles Kings fans. All right, this is a lot of fun. We gave you a nice one uh, Friday. We're going to do it again. We'll have more social media at Don LaGreca and at Anthony Pusick, hashtag game misconduct. And of course, Friday we'll have our top five of the week. Looking forward to that. So we'll do this again on Friday, Anthony. Let's do it. All right. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.